0: this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Senator Paul Formica. Senator Formica, welcome. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing wonderful. How are you, sir? Good. Good. Happy New Year. Good to see you. It's been a while. No, happy New Year to you.
0: You as well. You as well. So, Senator Formica, can you maybe tell us a little bit about what's going on
1: up at the state capitol these days? Geez, I wish I knew. It's locked up tight as a drum up there, Pete. I know. It's uh, uh, you know, we've been uh, we've been locked out uh, since uh, March the 13th, I believe, and, and uh, the capital has been closed for business on a daily basis uh, since then. Uh, as the, uh, the pandemic has uh, moved along and we've learned a little bit more about it, uh, there have been some opportunities to go in there. Some, some of the staff are starting to get back in there a little bit. We've had a couple of special sessions that we were able to safely distance and, and vote up there on, on a few bills. Right. and uh, But for the most part, it's pretty closed up. We were, uh, we were all sworn in to a new term uh, yep. last Wednesday, uh, right. January 6th, which is was a big day in our history, as it turns out, unrelated to our swearing in. But, <laughs> uh, right. but we were sworn in about 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. They cleared the parking lot around the Capitol and they set up some chairs and a podium. And, uh, you know, we all gathered. They took a roll call. Uh, There were a few acceptance speeches by the leaders. But uh, all in all, it was fairly quick. And uh, we got sworn in, uh, you know, as we stood there and raised our hand. And uh, the Secretary of State swore us all in. uh, And then... uh, in the meantime, mm-hmm. there were maybe between 600 and 1,000 protesters there, uh, protesting, you know, a number of different uh, concerns that they had. Yeah, and they were lined up. Uh, the Capitol Police did a wonderful job sending up barricades, and the protesters were very respectful. Uh, they were loud, hard for uh, old guys like me to hear uh, <laughs> over the over the over the crowd noise, but. You know that's that's why we live in the greatest country in the world that people have a right to assemble and they have a right to protest things that uh, are bothering them Absolutely. Uh, and that
0: Absolutely.
1: was shown that day in hartford uh, how to do that uh, it was peaceful it was nonviolent. violent uh, was respectful uh, when the ceremony was over and uh, the leaders moved inside to have a a more formal discussion and vote on the rules where only three of them were allowed in the chamber. Um, you know, the crowd uh, for all practical purposes dispersed. And mm-hmm. on the south side of the Capitol that I'm referring to where the Senate got sworn in and in the north side of the Capitol, you had 151 House of Representatives uh, who were also sworn in. And I think the same thing occurred. So uh, that was the big, that was really the big news at the Capitol um, of recent,
0: absolutely. So, what committees are you on this year, sir?
1: So, uh, this year is, uh, you know, is, is a is a good year for for me. I was named a deputy minority leader uh, for the Republican Senate Caucus. We, the leader, uh, Len Fizzano, sure you know, uh, retired. Yes. Uh, and so, a new leader, Kevin Kelly <laughs> of Stratford. Was uh, voted leader by the twelve Senate Republicans that are that are there, and he named me his deputy. So uh, as a result of that, I had to I had to give up um, my seat on Appropriations, which I had served on the Appropriations Committee for for six years. It was it was a really a great committee to be on, but very time consuming, and with my new duties, I wasn't. So I switched over to Finance. Uh, revenue and Bonding, um, which I'll do that committee uh, in addition to my leadership duties. I'm also on energy and technology. You and I have talked about this in the past uh, on your great show uh, where I'll be ranking member. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to go back. I believe that's my, my seventh year on energy. And then I'm on executive nominations, which is the, the committee that uh, reviews all the appointments that the governor has, um, um, and they come in and they uh, we kind of vet them and talk to them about you know who they are, what they've done, what they plan on doing, uh, and then we send a recommendation to both the Senate and the House of Representatives so that they could be uh, appointed. And uh, so I'm on those three committees and then a few others.
0: What are some of the other committees you're on?
1: Well, there's um, there's going to be some uh, redistricting, which um, which uh, which means every ten years with the census, as the population shifts, you have to kind of shift the the congressional and and other districts. And so uh, I'll be on I'll be on that. And then there's uh, another one called screening, uh, where uh, all of the bills uh, come in. Uh, and are discussed and you know there's generally a couple of thousand bills that occur in a session um, maybe 10 or 15 percent of those actually become law but they all have to be reviewed right so uh, somehow I find myself on that committee Pete where I have to do a lot of reading I think I, ah. I don't know I may have to ask you to help me out here and, I can and read certainly some of the do that ones. I <laughs> yeah. can
0: certainly do uh, that
1: but it's it, you know it'll be a good committee first time for me and uh, you know we have a good chair Senator Craig Miner uh, you know leads that committee so he'll uh, you know and typically the Republicans have their screening committee and the Democrats have their screening committee uh, and then you know they think there's conversation so absolutely absolutely now Senator let's talk
0: a little bit about and I know this is something close to you small. Some- the small business aspect of things, and especially with what's going on with the COVID.
1: Well, the COVID, you know, as you know, has changed the world and. um, It's devastated a lot of families, devastated a lot of businesses. Uh, uh, And uh, you know, we saw a little spike after uh, Thanksgiving, a little spike after Christmas, but I think the numbers are beginning to go down. Uh, Back on March 17th, the governor issued um, uh, a a executive order where he closed all uh, businesses and restaurants. You know, I've had a restaurant for it to be my, just finished my 37th year in business there. Wow. Um, (laughs) You know, we had to redo all of the processes uh, uh, that, that kept and the procedures to keep our business open and you know, we instituted curbside pickup and delivery and, you know, we had lines where people could come in and pick up so everybody social distanced and wore masks. And I think I was, you know, very similar to many, many thousands of businesses in the state of Connecticut having to do it. And mm-hmm. you know, we, we were lucky we're, we're still doing okay. okay. Um, some businesses weren't that lucky. Um, right. The federal program that... Uh, uh, payroll protection program was instituted to help offset uh, some of the loss of revenue and that saved a lot of folks and i'm sure you you know you know and your listeners all read about what's happening in washington with the cares act and oh yeah um and how that was designed to you know help people on unemployment mm-hmm. uh if they lost their job help businesses you know, maintain um you know their payroll and, and, and some of their overhead, and uh, and also help with uh, you know with other uh, other assistance. So, uh, I just got um, you know you and I were talking before the show about uh, a pandemic unemployment assistance, which yep. is called PUA, and the pandemic emergency unemployment compensation programs. Which has now been approved by the the feds in the second round of uh, stimulus money for this, so um, there will be an additional $300 a week being provided to those people collecting unemployment that, in the first CARES Act, was $600 a week, but now that's dropped down to $300. Uh, but it will provide, uh, you know, much-needed stability for a lot of folks to get through until until we can. Hopefully, get to the spring when this more and more people become vaccinated, uh, more and more people are outside where the spread is is a lot less, and hopefully this virus will, uh, you know, will dissipate um, if if we can uh, if we can get enough people vaccinated and and uh, and move forward. So,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Now let's talk a little bit about what the legislative session is going to look like. I'm assuming you guys up there are doing everything through Zoom and through virtual rather than being up there in person. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. Exactly correct. And, uh, you know, the the building is kind of semi-open. But, you know, most of us, as you see, I'm sitting in in my house trying to trying to make up uh, you know an office area where I can you know I can catch up on on all these committees and the amount of paperwork and the amount of uh, and the amount of correspondence and, and communications that you need to have you know for example the finance committee this today at 11 o'clock had their opening organizational meeting and there are 49 members on that committee Oof. so it, it's it's very cumbersome I think appropriations might have a few more than that uh, energy and technology, to give you a, a perspective, uh, last year had 23. We're having our organizational meeting tomorrow, and so we'll be able to see um, what's um, what's going on. But uh, everything will be uh, – well, let, let me back up a bit, if you don't mind. Sure. The new session is a two-year session. The first year is January to June. The second year is February to May um so that your listeners know that right. the first three months of that typically are committee meetings and there are a lot of committee rooms in the legislative office building where the people's business is done um, i think there's 20 some odd committees that meet plus caucuses where they talk about you know the sportsman caucus the tourism caucus the manufacturing caucus those are um, those are meetings that people of like-minded want to support those industries um so typically, if you want to go to a committee room and talk on a particular subject, you sign up, you, you wait your turn, and you talk for three minutes. Right. Well, now they're, they're, they've been uh, reserving a committee room just so that they can kind of manage the number of meetings. Otherwise, they would have no idea how many meetings are going on out there. So yeah. there's a committee room tied to a Zoom meeting. And then the chairs open up the zoom meeting the administrators and the clerks of the committee orchestrate the mechanics of it. Uh, And then you know i'm sure you've been on some zooms where you raise your virtual hand if you want to talk and uh, they keep you on mute if you don't if you don't want to talk Uh, and so all the committees will operate and typically a a lot of. uh, Those committees end by you know mid March or so. And what that means is that they've decided on the bills that they want to put forward, that they're voted on and passed out of committee, they've had public hearings, uh, and they're sent up to the chamber to vote. So that committee process most likely will occur entirely online. Um, I think though I don't expect there to be any meetings up in the capitol where the public will be able to go. Uh, and where the legislators will be able to convene and have a meeting. And that represents somewhat of a hardship for people who don't have computers and don't, you know, don't have the uh, internet all the time, and maybe they can't afford it, or maybe they live in the, you know, off the beaten path. So it it becomes difficult to get out to everybody. Uh, But those people who want to speak will get online just, you know, as you and I are talking, and their names will be listed, and and they'll be called upon. And, um, you know, Pete, we had one Zoom meeting where we had a hearing in when Eversource, I and mean, if you remember, we passed a bill limiting Eversource's um, ability to do business or yes. uh, not do business, but we made sure that they're tying everything to uh, performance-based mm-hmm. so they have to perform well in order to get compensated. But anyway, we had one Zoom at the Energy Committee that was 12 and a half hours long. 12 and a half and there were still people waiting to talk when we were done. So I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth uh, and a lot of conversation about, you know, we may have our best intention to start this way, but we may find that it's not working or, or, or maybe it is. So, but hopefully if the vaccine kicks in, um, there might be more opportunity come April to, to have the voting in public, and the voting in the chambers, uh, and that's what we're hoping for.
0: Senator, would you mind sticking around for another segment? What's that? Would you mind sticking around for another segment? Oh, sure, if you'll have uh, me, you know. Yeah, absolutely, we'll be right back.
1: I'm here to talk about how we're gonna defeat COVID-19. Well, we gotta bring our A-game. What's our A-game? Here's the strategy. Get tested, stay social distancing. Wear masks. Community Health Center has testing sites all over Connecticut. Open seven days a week. And they're free for anybody. Babies, students, senior citizens, anybody. So go in and get tested. That's how we can all stay undefeated.
0: Find a location near you at CHC1.com.
1: Community TV your
0: neighborhood tv publicly funded and a reliable partner for cable companies nationwide it provides transparent coverage of local and state government education and public programming a digital town green that can be watched anywhere anytime and on any device watch us on today's high-tech distribution methods community tv in connecticut local unfiltered reliable and and yours. yours Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti, sitting here with Senator Paul Formica, Senator Formica. Welcome back.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Pete. Nice to see you again, and Happy New Year.
0: You you as well. You as well, sir. So, Paul, I was wondering if maybe we can talk about as far as what you think the governor's budget looks like for the upcoming year.
1: Well, um, we're we're just kind of getting into that a little bit um, because of the... Uh, Loss of revenue Um, last year, you know, you you know, the budget goes from uh, July 1st of a year uh, to June 30th of the following year. And as we start a new session, we start and discuss a new budget. It's generally a two year budget. Uh, So the revenues, because businesses uh, volume is down, that meant the sales tax uh, numbers are down. businesses volume is down which means uh, not many people as many people are working so the the income tax numbers are down so a lot of the revenue was down and the projected deficit was excuse me roughly two billion dollars uh, for this year which started midway through this pandemic on july 1 and it would end june 30th of 2021. yeah um it looks like some things have gotten a little better and the budget forecast uh, being in deficit would maybe be about half that uh, 900 800 900 million um and and that ends the budget that we're in and the conversation that the legislature is about to have will be directed toward the budget that begins on july 1 2021 and runs for two years um one of the good things that that happened Uh, You may remember, you know, you and I go back a number of years when we were 1818 tied in the Senate and I was co-chair of the Appropriations Committee. We put out a budget. It took us a long time to do it, but we did it in a bipartisan way. It's actually historic budget for the state of Connecticut uh, in that it was so bipartisan. Uh, But we did a few things in that budget that are helping us today. One is we have a spending cap, which means you can only spend you know, 98, 99% of last year's budget next year. So there's a little bit of savings forced in there. There's a uh, uh, there's a borrowing cap, uh, which means you can only borrow, uh, the governor can only borrow $2 billion a year. Uh, you may say, how can anyone survive on only $2 billion a year? Exactly. But, um, you know, previous governors had borrowed more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to pay it back. So by limiting the amount of borrowing, you limited the cost. But the big thing was called the volatility cap, which says that any money collected over $3.2 $3, 3 billion, $3. billion has to go to a savings account. Okay. And since we did that in 2017, the savings account has accumulated from about $20 million to Uh, 3.3 billion dollars and that savings account um, that was a result of the bipartisan budget will be used to offset some of the shortfall and so they'll be able to take some of that money and pay off uh, that shortfall and hope that as things open up and as businesses start to do more business and the vaccine takes effect and it gives people confidence to go out in the community um, will be able to generate more sales tax revenue and income tax revenue, and that will go toward uh, reducing the budget deficit in next year as things hopefully get back to whatever the new normal is going to be.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And as far as other things going on, let's talk... Actually, one thing we didn't talk about in the first half of the show is Back in November, you got reelected. So congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank and you also, what what towns does your district cover?
1: You know, uh, Pete, this will be my 30th year as an elected official. That's right. Um, I'm re-elected. Uh, i reelected. I served uh, 23 years in the town of East Lyme. Uh, the last seven there is the first selectman. That's right. And uh, when I was elected senator of the 20th district, it's a It includes a portion of Old Saybrook, Old Lyme, East Lyme, Waterford, New London, a portion of Montville, Basra, and Salem. And and that's my district. It's, I think, the best district in the state, uh, and I feel very blessed and fortunate to be able to represent um, the good people of the 20th district.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, Senator, you and I actually have a mutual friend who was in the studio with me not long ago, and that's Dave Putnam from the Miracle League
1: dave putnam uh, has done a remarkable job um as park and rec director of the town of east he was there when i was when i was there and we worked together uh, every one of those those guys that direct the uh, the agencies in the town work so hard uh, but dave stands out because he does so much extra and and the Miracle League, uh, you know, we were we were proud. Our business was proud to make the first donation uh, to that, and uh, you know, we supported that all along the way. But he worked so hard to raise so much money uh, to get that uh, that le- that uh, field built. And I was there for the ribbon cutting. It was just just fantastic to see those kids out there and enjoying enjoying that. What a what a what a marvel it is for the community. And Absolutely. Dave is to be commended for his leadership.
0: Oh, he definitely. I'm glad was. he did
1: a show with you. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave, Dave. Dave was actually here not long ago. Yeah, he's a good, good guy.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a very good guy, and the town is lucky to have him, just as they are many of the other leaders that they have. They just you know, people don't realize how hard these guys work.
0: No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, what do you what do you think the obviously everything up at the Capitol for the sessions being done virtually so it's probably not as it's probably not as much b be, is being try, trying to like testify in person rather than it that it is being done virtually
1: well it's it's it's, it's, it's very difficult, difficult uh because you know typically uh you know let's say you pick an issue and and there's a group that's a, that's you know for or against the issue uh right. you know we, uh, The uh, AARP, uh, the retired folks, you know, all often take positions on issues. And when they come up to the Capitol, they wear red shirts. And so there'll be hundreds of seniors in red shirts. um, And they they go, they meet with us when we're walking down, uh, you know, walking down the aisle or coming out of a committee room or the hallway. uh, And they're able to say, Senator, Representative, I, I... I'm against this bill, or I'm for this bill, and and the visual of seeing all of these people, uh, you know, has an effect on you. Right. Uh, that is all going to be lost this year. That's not going to happen. And and you know, those folks are going to have to, you know, uh, wait in line on a Zoom call, listen to what's going on, and then and then move forward. It's going to be a lot more cumbersome. And also, the lobbyists, yeah. you know, the lobbyists play, a, a, you know, a very important role. Uh, in moving information. Uh, You know, we are supposed to be, uh, when I say we, the elected representatives, you know, we have to know a lot about a lot of things or a little bit about a lot of things. And, And the lobbyists represent a lot of business and industries, a lot of people and programs, and they're able to share with us the nuances and the fine points of those organizations and of those businesses. And sometimes they, you know, they, they really push hard because that's what they're getting paid for. Right. Uh, but for the, you know, for the most part, it's a, it's a good give and take. We have questions we can ask them. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes we agree with their position and other times we don't. But that's a resource that's also going to be missing because they won't be able to come to our offices in the Capitol and share that conversation. Uh, and also the people, getting the people to come up. Uh, it is the people's house. Yep. And it's going to be very difficult to conduct the people's business without uh, the people being able to have, uh, you know, a real presence. So, uh, we're hopeful that, you know, as if if things are safe enough for people to go out and go to Lowe's or uh, Walmart and, and and you know spend a lot of time there, they should be safe enough, uh, and we should be able to manage safety for uh, for opening up the place at the capitol
0: absolutely and we got we got a bit, little bit more time left so senator let me ask you this as far as the everything going on up at the capitol how do you guys vote is voting done is it being done virtually or
1: you know and that was one of the issues that uh, we had to work out with the rules is how how are we going to vote can, right. can you vote from your car can you vote from your home can you right. you know the different voting right there's voting from the committee meeting like i mentioned earlier that Mm -hmm. i was on today all of that voting will be done on computer on zoom so if i'm going to be asked to vote i have to make sure my camera is on and that i say when the roll is called and my name is called that i have to be there and say i vote yes or no Mm -hmm. Uh, the difference is when you're in the chamber Uh, the house chamber or the senate chamber the rules change a little bit uh, and you have to be uh, on the property and they're going to work out a deal where if i'm in my office uh, in the senate we we have to vote in person because the house has a scoreboard with everybody's name on it but that's electronically wired to everybody's office and so they can vote from their office the technology for the Senate for that won't occur until March, oh, wow. so they'll have to send a runner with a yeah. piece of paper that said "Bill Number One," right. uh, a bill on should we put Pete Mazzetti into the Hall of Fame? How do you vote? I would vote <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then, uh, we, the runner brings it back and gives it to the to the President of the Senate, and that's how we're going to vote. So it's wow. it's kind of kind of unique. It's in a unique time, isn't it? It is. Senator Fermi.ka we're out of time tonight, but I want to thank you for coming down, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. I look forward to getting down and visiting you in your studio and uh, and getting to say hello, and thank you for having me on. You.
0: Thank you, Senator. On behalf of Paul Fermi.ka I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night, and we'll see you next time.